Welcome back to the Bros Books and Beer Show, Episode Three. Here we go. Yeah. And we are live from Clive. Live from Clive. Special location for tonight's podcast. Oh, yes. I finally decided to make the arduous one-hour, twenty-minute journey down to Clive. Yeah. To deal with uh, bandits on the highway and icy roads and high winds and a lot of feminists. A lot of feminists <laughs> driving poorly. <laughs> And boats blocking the road. <laughs> a lot of semis. Yeah. A lot of semis. And two trains. Wait a second, did I hear Peter's voice? Oh, that's right. Oh, Peter's here. Yeah. Welcome yes, to the show, yes. Peter. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. He, uh, he made the trek all the way from... Panaka! Panaka. Panaka. And how long was that arduous journey? Half an hour. Okay. So, Peter, tell us two fun facts about yourself. Well, I'm six foot three, and I got brown hair. Cool. Hey. Yep. Nice. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> I also like to play soccer. A bonus number three. Hey. Nice. Oh, wait. Oh. Bonus number four. He's also a diabetic. Yes. <laughs> Type one diabetic. He shoots himself every ten minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Like eight times a day. Yeah. <laughs> he's not sad, everybody. He's just diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fun diabetic. Okay, so for tonight's show... Daily dose of insulin for the day. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) For tonight's show, we're discussing Thomas Aquinas' Five Proofs for God. We'll do the first three anyway, because the last two are kind of lame. But, like, is there actually a God? Everyone always asks, who is God? But not, how is God? Yeah. How does God feel about this? I'll do you one better. Why is God? Why is God? Where is God? You're right. We're, maybe. we're hoping to answer all these questions on tonight's show. Right. And, you know, like Carter said, how is God? Like, maybe he's doing okay. Maybe he's doing... Meh. Maybe he's a little sad mm-hmm. today. You yeah. know, Sodom and Gomorrah. Man. <laughs> yeah. That was a rough time. Also the flood with Noah. Also the flood. Also the whale. Yeah. Good old Jonah. <laughs> Good old Jonah. Jonah was pretty sad. Anyway, let's yeah. get into things here. Five proofs for God. Why don't you lead us off with our first proof, David? So, uh, in the first proof, I'll get you. I'll, Mike, I'll get you to read that portion um, straight from the text. But he, he discusses basically from from motion, the proof of motion, um, stating that kind of everything everything we we sense is in motion or has been in motion, and um, uh, it's kind of this movement from potentiality to actuality. So yeah. something's in potential. You know, I have the potential to take my beer can and move it to you and give you yeah. some of my beer, but I'm not. <laughs> so yeah, then you have to ask, who put you in motion? What was the food you ingested into your body? Right. So where did the energy from the steak come from, right? So the cows ate the grass, they made the steak, that fed you. But then where did the energy from the sun come from? And you can go back and back and back and trace everything to its final cause. And then you have what's known as an uncaused cause, which is God. Yeah, he's the unmoved mover. Exactly. The pure, pure actuality, so he's the, he's the first and foremost. And what does it say in the text there, Mike? Well, let's see. The first and more manifest way is the argument from motion. It is certain and evident to our senses that in this world some things are in motion. Now whatever is in motion is put in motion by another, for nothing can be in motion unless it is in potency to that which towards which it is in motion. But a thing moves in so far as it is in act. For motion is nothing more than the reduction of something from potency to act. But nothing can be reduced from potency to act except by something that is in the state of act. Right, so there has to be this first mover, first pure act that yeah. creates all these other motions. Otherwise, there's no motions. Yeah. And everything goes from the potentiality of an action to the action actually taking place. Right. So God didn't necessarily have to bring the universe into being because he's the supreme being. He's perfectly happy within himself, mm-hmm. but he decided because he's all good that he's going to bring the universe into being. He wanted us to share in his goodness, essentially. Yeah. And having anything is better than nothing. So the fact that anything's in existence at all is better than the absence of any existence. Well, after all, all creation is that which comes from God, and all that comes from God is inherently good. Yeah. So it can't be bad. So how do you explain suffering then? Well, how do I explain suffering? Is it a result from sin? 
I would say that. I would, I would say, say it's a result of sin. Yeah, I don't think sin. it's something God created. Yeah. No, I think well, if we go back in the scriptures and we talk about Adam and Eve, they they were in a state of they they had preternatural uh, gifts essentially from God. I mean, they were perfect in one sense, not perfect as in God is as He knows all things, but they were in a state of perfection. Um, yeah, as far as humans can be perfect. Exactly. Right. But they messed up. <laughs> they messed up, and here we are. But also, I will just say. Um, suffering is usually caused is like from that which is evil but evil is like since all that God has created is good it's like you might say evil doesn't exist in a physical concrete sense like people think it's like oh good there must be some opposite and necessary counterbalance to good but why does good need an opposite and necessary counterbalance if it's just good in and of itself? Right, evil yeah. is just a, it's it, just it's a privation. Absence. It's a privation. Evil is a privation of a good that should be there. So, so can you define the term privation for our listeners? Lack of. Lack of, yeah. yeah so of. Uh, when we say evil is a privation of good, it means something that's good that has wandered basically off. So um, distorted. Distorted right. good um, that's just so far disconnected from God. Right, makes sense. Similarity of shadow is an absence of light. So shadow is not the polar opposite of light. It is an absence of light. Makes sense. So our second way that Aquinas proved the existence of God is the notion of efficient causes. So for the series of causes and effects that we see in the world, to make sense, it has to have a beginning. Because of this series of cause and effects, God, who is the first cause, therefore exists. And this proof is really similar in a lot of ways to the first proof we discussed, which is the evidence of motion, except it more has to do with the cause and effect of our actions in the world. So it's not necessarily physical. It might be spiritual. It might be moral. But there's causes and effects for everything that we see. And there had to be a beginning point from that first efficient cause, and the first efficient cause is God. So do you want to read the text for this one, Mike? Yeah, sure. The second way is from the notion of efficient cause. In the world of sense, we find there is an order of efficient causes. There is no case known, nor indeed it is possible, in which a thing is found to be the efficient cause of itself. Because in that, in that case, it would be prior to itself, which is impossible. Now, in efficient causes, it is not possible to go on to infinity. Because in all efficient causes, following an order, the first cause of the intermediate cause and the intermediate is the cause of the ultimate cause, whether the intermediate cause be several or one only. Now, take that cause to. Now, to take away the cause is to take away the effect. And we just can't take away the effect. Or I mean, we can't take away the cause. Yeah, there's a necessary <laughs> cause for every cause. action. It's, there's a lot of people nowadays that are trying to argue that there's no cause and effect, but that's another topic. But really, think about it. If any action happens, there has to be a cause for that action. Logically, it doesn't make sense. And you can take that all the way back right to the beginning, just like we talked about for the first proof. And there has to be an ultimate cause that isn't caused by anything else, and that causes God. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's true. So that's that's Newton. That's Newton, right? That's Newton, but it's still true. It's interesting. Most of the people that don't like Thomas Aquinas' proofs for God are the people that really hate cause and effect or the idea of consequences. Right. Oh, look. Convenient. How convenient. I'm just going to deny that my actions have any consequence in the real world, and therefore God doesn't exist. So if I whip my fist across Peter's face here, what do you think is going to happen? Peter will die. (laughs) He will cease to exist. (laughs) No, it's going to hurt that. You're the uncaused cause. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, it seems nowadays that people just, they want to avoid this responsibility, this this cause and effect principle, how, oh, look, I'll I'll engage in uh, sexual intercourse, and oh, gosh, I got the girl pregnant, but I don't want to admit that. I don't want to admit I'm the cause of this. Yeah, well, sex see. makes babies. This is yeah. a natural law from the beginning sex, of time. Sex education 101. So I had then no I have an abortion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what, guys? This, this is, is very enlightening. I had no idea that is what caused babies. I thought it was the stork all along. Well, I guess you're learning <laughs> a few things tonight, aren't you, buddy? I, I, yeah. I guess so. Remember, the stork delivers the babies. So that means... <laughs> They go to the factory where the st- do the deed, and that's where the stork delivers the mm. babies. 
That's an interesting theory. I think we should discuss that more in a future episode. I think so, too. But for now, we should move on to our third proof mm. for the existence of God. I think so. So Thomas Aquinas' third proof, which is one of my favorites, is that every existing thing does not know owe its existence to itself. However, if all things are contingent, there cannot have been anything, as at one time all these things could be non-existent. To account for all existence, there must be a necessary being, which is God. So basically what that's saying is that everything that exists has to have something that brought it into existence. And again, like the first two proofs, you can trace it all the way back. And the very first thing that brought anything into existence is God. And this is really cool when you think of things in the context of like the Big Bang Theory, which is developed by a Catholic priest. The idea of everything in the universe coming from that first explosion that brought all the gases and atoms and elements into existence. It's not contrary to Catholic teaching. In fact, it's really in line with it. It goes right back to Thomas Aquinas. The Big Bang is not the immovable mover because it only happened once. Yeah, true. But then what moved it certainly isn't moving the rest of the, the uh, actions. Yeah, something had to that. set that first explosion off. And the question is, what is the thing that made the Big Bang happen? And that has to be God. Exactly. Unless there was another Big Bang that started that Big Bang. <laughs> True. <laughs> Eventually you can trace it back bangs. to about God. Oh, there's there's a lot can, of banging happening. <laughs> there can be no infinite regression. But I just like it how it, some people will just use the Big Bang as an intellectual stopgap. It's like, the Big Bang theory, therefore God doesn't exist. Well, it seems kind of intellectually yeah. dishonest if you ask me. I don't know. That's why all the people that are young Earth creationists, like all the people that say, oh, the Earth is only 6,000 years old and the Grand Canyon flooded yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Grand Canyon flooded it's, it's yesterday. It's useless to legitimate, first of all, legitimate scientific discussion and legitimate religious discussion because it makes the faith look ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But religion and science are actually totally in line. Yeah, I thought the no Earth was flat. No, oh. no, we, did, we discussed this. Remember, <laughs> it's the hollow earth theory. Yeah, right. exactly. we discussed that in a future episode as well. Yeah, yes. no, it is the hollow. We thought it was the turtle, but then we eventually found the truth of the hollow earth theory. And remember, we got there's that one specific hole. In the, yeah, you have to aim for the hole on the inside, and then you can get to outer space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but let's just say what about God didn't exist. Say there was someone other, something, some entity other than God. What would life be like if you perceived that there was no God? Civil war. Civil war? Civil war. Emptiness. Chaos. Destruction. What would you do with your life? More emptiness for Kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'd probably probably drink drink and carouse till the cows came home. But if you think about it, do you think, is is it really worth living if if, uh, there is no God? No, there's nothing to what's look the point? To? Absolutely not. Engage, I would if there's no God, then nothing is better than anything. Exactly, and that's why I would drink and eat and whore myself to an early demise. <laughs> <laughs> like they did back in the Middle Ages. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was more the Roman days. No, that was days. more, well, more I don't the know, Roman probably days. Could have probably happened in both. Any time before the 1800s, or even up to present. I mean, it's still, still happening, yeah. 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 I remember I was watching a random video from Philip the ship, Philip... The shill Franco DeFranco. <laughs> and he was saying something like, um, oh, he's also ex-Catholic, so well, what is a spoiler alert there? But he was saying, like, after this one big disaster, maybe something like a mass shooting or something, he said, you know what, be good to other people. Because at the end of the day, we, all we have is each other or something. I mean, and like, what is it? And <laughs> all we have is each other. And we can just, you know, spread that around. And it's a... I remember watching this like, man, that's kind of depressing if that's the only thing there is. Like, the only thing you have is the people around you and that's it. Like, what's the point of doing anything? What's the point of making, it's like going, going like making that million dollar check or something. What's the point of doing this X, Y, and Z, like all this philanthropy or something. And it's like, what's the point of doing anything good for yourself or trying to make yourself something if there's no... It's like that there's nothing greater after. Because people believe nowadays that this is the best life they can live. And that if this is really the best life and you look down the street and there's homeless people everywhere, this yeah. life kind of sucks. I kind of find it interesting, though, that considering the amount of people that call themselves non-religious, that there aren't more people just killing themselves. Because where do you find the purpose in life if there's, <laughs> if this is it? If there's nothing beyond my own interests and my own goals... And I'm going to pursue my own self-interest and there's nothing after I die. 
That's it, lights out. Everyone just drowns their sorrows and whores themselves around. Yeah, and they drink. Drink drugs. Jack drugs, everything. I'll everything take you up between. on the I'll take you up on the drinking part, but not the drugs. Alcohol is a drug. Oh, I do a lot of drugs, but they're illicit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, this guy most shoot. of them are. <laughs> I mean, this guy shoots himself every day, so I mean, what, what can we expect, right? Yeah. I think Multiple we could segue this into uh, Pascal's wager. Ooh, this is a good one. Luke, do you want to talk about Pascal? Pascal, Pascal, well, Blaise Pascal. And let's see, Pascal's wager is an argument in philosophy presented by 17th century French philosopher, theologian, mathematician, and physicist. Um, born 1623, died 1662. It posits that human beings bet their lives with God, that God either exists or does not. Right, so essentially um, it's this argument where it's better to live like there is a God, because if you live like there is a God and there is a God, then you're safe. You, yeah. you have the world's game or whatever. But if you live like there isn't a God, and there is a God, then you're 100% screwed in the bum. And if you also live like there isn't a God, and there isn't a God, then then you guess you won, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, every human that comes into this world is faced with a choice. Like, am I going to live like there is a God or isn't a God? And people have to be aware that if there actually is a God, and you live like there isn't, well, yeah, like David said, you're kind of screwed in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's better to just live like there is God, because then you have, even if there isn't a God, then you still win. Yeah, you know, I would say. I, it's I, safe. It's a safe bet. It sounds like a win-win to me. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, there's a famous Japanese radiology radiologist named Takashi Nagai, and he's authored a autobiography which is called The Bells in Nagasaki because he did most of his work in Nagasaki and actually survived the atomic bombing. And then there's also a book um, written called The Song for Nagasaki and there's even a film, The Bells in Nagasaki. And I think even to this day, even Japanese school children, there's parts in their history textbooks that they learn about him. Now he read, he grew up a religious, even though being from a Buddhist family, but he read Pascal's Wager, being a man of science. And it actually made him convert to Christianity mm-hmm. after reading that. It was one of the one main of, motivating factors besides his wife, who was a very devout woman. Also, I, mean, I guess it would kind of suck if you lived your entire life like there was a God, and then you found out at the end there was no God. But I mean, you didn't lose anything in that case. <laughs> That's true. More or less. Yeah. I mean, but are you willing to take that chance? Are you willing to go down that road? Think are about you it. Willing to take that wager. I mean, no, personally. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't, Peter, I don't think Hellfire the, is really gonna, worth it for me. Are you going to take the wager or are you not going to take the wager? Wager. Pascal's wager. No. <laughs> Carter, I, I'm, I don't know. Are we going to talk so about miracles now? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> All right. So the Eucharistic miracle of Luciano, 8th century studies show that the blood was type AB and the flesh was cardiac tissue. In the city of Valenciano, Italy then known as Anxianum, uh, sometime in the 700s, a, a Basilian hero monk Basilian, yeah. was uh, assigned to celebrate Mass at the Monastery of St. Longinus, uh, celebrating in the Roman Rite and using unleavened bread. Uh, the monk had doubts about the Catholic uh, doctrine of transubstantiation during the Mass. And when he said the words of uh, consecration, this is my body, this is my blood. The priest saw the bread change into living flesh and the wine change into blood, which co- coagulated into five globules, irregular and differing in shape and size. Uh, the miracle, miracle was uh, investigated and confirmed by the church, though no documents from this investigation are exant, extant. Wow. That's pretty incredible, actually, when you think of it. So this guy... He's going. He's going to this church to celebrate the mass. He's not sure if, like, one of the core teachings of the church is real, like the fact that the bread and wine at the mass changes into the body and blood of Christ, and all of a sudden it does, and it's visible to the eyes. And to this day, think about this: this miracle happened like thirteen hundred years ago, and to this day, studies have shown that the bread and the wine at that mass 
turned into the flesh and blood, which I don't know. That's just incredible. And like to think that that actually happened and hasn't been tampered with. And it's still true this whole time. Like that's, I don't know. To me, that's a pretty convincing proof for God. Yeah. I think, how, how do you explain that? You can't. You can't with, no. <laughs> Not with science. You can confirm it with science, but you can't explain it with yeah. science. Some people would just say, well, I wasn't there, so I didn't see it. Yeah. You know, that's, all that's what really 90% say. of people will say. I mean, yeah. not, how many can you, you see atoms? Yeah. Right? They're still real. I mean, I didn't personally see the 9-11. I didn't see when it happened. But I, I know what happened. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's video proof. Go look online. You can YouTube the, what is it, the footage of the I didn't plane. see Boris Yeltsin climb on a tank in nineteen in the 1990s, but I know it happened. Really? Huh. What about Khrushchev in the shoe? <laughs> Apparently that's a myth, but that's that's an entire, that's an entirely uh-huh. different topic about the yeah. shoe. Let's just not talk about right. Khrushchev. So speaking of miracles, there's actually another one in uh, Buenos Aires. Probably didn't say that right because I'm not Spanish, but... Buenos Aires, Argentina. That's, that's in Argentina. That's the one. Nice. So no, they speak Spanish from? there. Sorry? I think he was the Bishop of Buenos Aires before. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. Assertion. Awesome. So um, this, this miracle happened in, I think, 1996. And essentially, the Eucharist began. It, it was bleeding uh, when it was consecrated. And you know, it was basically human tissue. And they actually did several intense studies and they found that this tissue was part of a part of a heart, a muscle of the myocardium, the left ventricle, the muscle that gives life to the whole heart and body, which is kind of crazy to think about it. So, um, and after further further examination, um, the tissue actually belonged to a person, human person, who had gone through intense pain, um, experiencing several extended periods of time where the person could barely breathe. George Floyd. <laughs> 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 Jesus is George Floyd. Pretty right. sure Jesus didn't want these BLMs to revolt against the world. <laughs> so, um, as I continue, so this, so, so this, this tissue had gone through. Uh, it's shown uh, evidence that the person went through uh, a lot of pain. And suffering because the restraint on the heart. Okay, so the person was stabbed on the left side, and even though that stabbing wound should have killed the person, the tissue showed signs of still being alive, which you wouldn't expect that for any normal human death. But obviously, Jesus, perfectly human, perfectly divine, not normal at all. Yeah, and this was examined through the the intact white blood cells found in the in the Eucharist, the tissue that was exposed. Yeah. Heart sample was pulsating, and if it wasn't, the white blood cells would have disintegrated roughly 15 minutes outside of a living body. Explain that science. You can't, right? It's it's a Eucharistic miracle, and science can be used to verify these things. You can't necessarily explain every consecration through science, but at the same time, science and religion don't necessarily have to conflict with each other and that's something i think our modern culture really has to understand yeah and i think a lot of like faith is just one of those things that people have just left behind in the dust they don't believe in faith anymore they don't want to take on things with faith they want to say oh i need i need tangible evidence i want to see with my own eyes or else it didn't happen picture didn't happen okay Okay, they're doting thomas no but exactly faith is so important and Lots of the time, faith will back up what you discover through empirical evidence, but it might not always. And sometimes there's going to be that little bit of a gap that doesn't necessarily mean that they're conflicting, but there's going to be sometimes a gap between what you can understand with reason and what you believe with faith. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, it's, I guess it even goes back to the first episode we even did. Like people, they're almost like expecting the when it comes to God and religion, some people who want to believe, but they go that Doty and Thomas syndrome where it's like, I want to see it with my own eyes as we just discussed. But they want the fireworks show. But the thing is, most people of faith don't experience the fireworks show. No. They go on with their day to day. They do the grind. They do the daily grind. They the pray. They go to church minimum. It's like for those who actually practice, they go to the church every week and then they pray every day. 
But it's not like they experience some grand divine vision from God. It's not. No, you're not going to get that if you're the average Joe. There are cases where people have gotten that. But that's few and far between. But if you're expecting that and you're putting your whole, what is it? You're positing your entire, what is it? How did you say? Change of beliefs or mind just in something like that. The grand, the grand expose, you might say. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed. But I thought that's what it's all about. Oh, I wanted to see those fireworks. <laughs> and it's sad because most people don't realize things until they probably die. Yeah. You know, or instead they, you might say they, they might, they put their faith in other things because the, another, I'd say common misconception is people think, oh, you're godless, you're age religious. Well, no, because the human, see, the funny thing is we are finite but we have also, how do you say, flavors of infinite within us. That's how there's the connection to God. That's our congruency with God. We have an infinite capacity to know things. So if, and it's like, and one of those is to seek God. If we don't, we're going to find that hole and we're going to fill it with whatever the hell we want. So we're going to make some, if we don't make God our God, we're going to make something else into a God. Right. And when people say, oh, why doesn't God reveal himself to me? Why can't I see God? Well, the sight of God is like so powerful and intense. It's so probably kill you. Real. God yeah. is so real. that He's more he, real than anything around us. And if he appeared to us, we would cease to exist. Yeah. Or our eyeballs would get burned out of our sockets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So God presents himself. Because we are sinners. <laughs> this is yeah, true. we're not real. <laughs> Newsflash, asshole. Newsflash. <laughs> So anyway, that's about it for now. Lots of good discussion about the existence of God. We'll be back in about two or three minutes with some of our audience questions. And we got some good ones, folks, so stay tuned. Think that we can stop it baby, our love is Welcome back to episode two of Bros, Books, and Beer Show. It's episode three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> awkward moment. It is episode three. Yes. Thank you for the uh, correction there. Um, so You're we, we had a bunch of audience questions that we were sifting through and we discovered that the best one to talk about for this last section is probably about guns and gun control because it's a wide phenomenon all over the world and it's a sensitive topic. So if you get offended easily, please leave. Liberal snowflakes are not welcome on this show. <laughs> no, no, they're welcome, but they probably won't. They'll probably they won't stick around. Yeah, <laughs> yes. let's be real here. You're you're all welcome here. We're all a big happy COVID-free family. <laughs> yes, we are all social distancing and wearing masks, and we have plexiglass. Correct. Yes. So the first question we can ask is, why do people think we need gun control? Is it because guns are bad? Guns kill people. People kill people. Or people kill people. Exactly. They're confused. People are confused, yeah. They hear about a mass shooting on the news, and they think, oh, yeah, you know, we need to stop people from having guns, and that'll stop all the mass shootings. But the reality of the matter is, people can get their hands on guns in a million different ways, and it doesn't matter how many background screenings you do, or how many psychological tests you do, or any number of things. Or forms you fill out. Exactly. Yeah. So... If guns kill people, I guess pencils misspell words. Cars, cars drive drunk, and spoons make people fat. <laughs> right? Like, how many things are you going to ban to get your utopian society? Guns are just one of many things that people can enjoy, and you can participate in shooting sports, and you can use them for self-defense. And there's or nothing hunting. wrong with that. Or hunting. I mean, unless you're in the communist state of Canada, where we don't have self-defense laws. Or, heck, we don't even have property rights. More on that one later, though. Right. Um, Do you remember that kid out in Saskatchewan who... I think it was a native kid who tried to go to a farm and break in and steal some stuff. And the farmer shot him in self-defense. And got, a, got charged, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. So, yeah, there's no protection for self-defense in Canada. And it would be... Terrible if the same thing happened in the states, because of course whatever happened in the states leads to a ripple effect of things that happen around the world. Yeah, except in Canada it was a bunch of idiots that ruined everything else. You might say the sins of a few affected the masses, which is unfair. Does anyone even remember in school when a couple kids didn't do their homework yet the entire class got punished even though they did their homework? I don't. That doesn't sound fair to me. Does you? You know, I, I wanted to. I wanted to shoot the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> not literally. That's a little extreme. But not literally. Not literally. 
figuratively speaking. <laughs> but, um, you know what? I think actually in regards to, like, just that point about our guns evil. Well, it's like, let's, uh, go... I'll read the words of good, uh, good old Colonel Jeff Cooper, a firearms training pioneer here. It's, like, very famous in the States. He says, and I quote, The rifle itself has no moral stature. Since it has no will of its own, naturally it may be used by evil men for evil purposes. But there are more good men than evil. And while the latter cannot be persuaded to the path of righteousness by propaganda, they can be certainly corrected by good men with rifles. End quote. Yeah. And you think you have to think the vast majority of rifle owners are actually good people. Like no. one of the things that struck with me or stuck with me that I saw on Instagram recently, because mm. Instagram is always a very reliable source of information. <laughs> <laughs> but an NRA post Media. To be always yes. trusted. Exactly. Right? Especially yes. the Clinton News Network. I mean <laughs> especially Network. Global and CBC. Oh. The NRA has five million members, and out of all those members, zero of them have committed mass shootings. <laughs> So the people that are owning guns and making sure to follow the rules and are proud of owning their guns, they're not the ones doing the mass shootings. It's the people that have ulterior motives to begin with and the desire to kill people to begin with. And they just find guns as a way to carry out that action. It's true. If someone has already a premeditated decision, oh yeah, um, I'm going to wake up, I'm a psychopath, I'm going to go kill you know, my family today. I'm going to go walk down the street, next person I see, I'm going to go take a club and smash their face in. Regardless of whether or not they have a gun, they're going to commit that. Yeah, It's premeditated. Sometimes they're not premeditated. Sometimes they're driving a car. I know some daisy walks across the road next to later. But the difference between first degree and second degree. Right, exactly. Or so, just manslaughter. The and point is, people are going to, if they are if they have the decision to kill somebody, they're going to do it regardless or not they have a gun. Well, yeah. the same so, applies to suicide. In fact, there's more death. It's like, rather than homicides, there are more deaths by gun by suicide, but that gets grouped in with the gun violence, which then makes the stats seem higher than they actually are. But people use that as an escape go and they'll say, well, that's why we should have tougher laws. Well, if the person's really bent or really driven to off themselves, well, if they have a gun or not, they're going to use a rope, maybe a plastic bag, jump off a bridge. Like there's many tools that you can use to kill yourself, you know, or kill other people. They just use a kitchen knife. You can literally use anything. A pencil, John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) You could use a van and kill more people in the span of 30 seconds than you can. Toronto, Young and Finch, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Drove through. What is it? A whole mass of people. Killed 10 people. Injured 16. Well, there was also 2018 or 2017. The um. Um, either in Berlin or Paris, the oh, terrorist guy who drove the bus, who drove the bus into a German market, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. in France on a, I want to say it was Bastille Day. This was like maybe a couple of years ago. It was the, the guy in the semi killed 50 people just going plowing through a whole bunch of people. Yeah, Christmas time it was in Germany. I think it was Berlin yeah. Christmas market. It was a guy in a van. So Do you remember that yeah, guy even in Edmonton a few too. years ago who drove that van into the crowd of people by Commonwealth Stadium? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So, yeah, there's lots of different ways to kill people. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be with guns. But anyway, that's Well, we're not banning vans, are we now? <laughs> what about uh, tennis balls? Or golf, golf, golf clubs? Yeah, I you can know. certainly beat The whole thing is, people club. kill yeah. people, guns don't kill people. Yeah, no, right. the gun is, itself is morally neutral, and it's good. It's just as good or bad. It's behind. just another tool. Exactly. That could be classified as a weapon. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. It's like, what's in it? the wrong hands? The only way these gun laws get brought in in the first place is because of timing. So Joe Biden had his first press conference last week, and he had something really interesting to say about this. So what he said about gun control was, it's a matter of timing. Successful presidents before me, they're successful because they know how to time what they're doing. So what Democrats in the U.S. are doing is taking advantage of a mass shooting and using that mass shooting to bring in extra gun control measures. And this isn't just unique to the states either. They did that in Canada last year with the Nova Scotia shooting. They used that as an opportunity to ban a ton of semi and fully automatic weapons. Well, they, they got, gave them time to like, if you had that weapon, you had, they gave you time to give that back yeah. for a refund or yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is I'll just mention two things on that. That guy, Nova Scotia, illegally attained his firearms, 
smuggled in from the States. Yeah. And he wasn't even a licensed yep. gun owner. Yep. And he had, I think, I'm pretty sure there was prior problems with the police or something. So he, but what did the RC, when it happened, RCMP sent out a tweet. <laughs> that was it. People knew more info in the States. And uh, what is it? I'll just mention another thing about gun buybacks because you referenced that. I guess what? They are tax scams. So whether or not you are anti-gun or pro-gun, based on fiscal responsibility, you should never support a gun buyback because how can the government buy back something that they never owned in the first place? So basically what happens is whatever is outlawed goes directly to the black market. And Add therefore it somehow gets dis redistributed throughout the world. And people who are mentally ill have their own agendas, ulterior motives, like Carter was saying, they're gonna find the black market. Heck, it's as easy as putting a VPN on your computer, going on the dark web, ordering a gun, get it Canada Post to you, and there you go, you have a gun. Yeah. And without all the regulatory burdens, because of licensing costs, because of extra regulatory costs from the government, buying guns on the dark web is a lot cheaper than buying them from your local gun shop or at a gun show. So it actually makes it, in a way, a little bit easier for people to access guns. Yeah, we're not advocating that. We're not <laughs> advocating for people no. to go to the dark web and buy guns. <laughs> no. Just saying, in a lot of cases, it's, it's easier than you think. doing things through proper channels. Yeah. yeah. Well, but if we, if we backtrace it to the person itself, like we said, people kill people. These people are mentally deranged. We should be dealing with the people itself, themselves, not with the tool that is used to kill people, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I could go put a loaded firearm, loaded, and put it on the table right there. And guess what, guys? It's not going to shoot anyone. No. If you need evidence of that, go watch American Dad Season 2, Episode 7, where he takes a gun and puts it on a table and says, Okay, gun, kill someone. <laughs> now, while comedic... It's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Like the gun's not going to do anything. So, so what me this, gentlemen? So if I kill mm -hmm. somebody with a pencil, should we just ban pencils? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I could bludgeon writing for school. I, I could <laughs> bludgeon someone. I could bludgeon someone to death with a golf club. Are we going to ban golf clubs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, one right? <laughs> you know, I, th I think we should just ban baseball bats. Just ban too. Tiger Woods yeah. while you're at it. They're cancel, no, cancel him. Cancel. Tiger Woods should be canceled. canceled. I would like to see what the states will do when uh, Biden says, okay, we're taking all the guns away from Texas and uh, New Hampshire and all those places with uh, non-strict gun legislation. And uh, that would be Idaho, patriotic. Alaska, Alabama, uh, Kansas, yeah. uh, Texas, Arizona, Florida. We There's might a lot see of a civil war. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. People don't get it. And these, especially like these people, mostly liberal leanings, gun control requires gun violence to enforce. Let that sink in, people. As in saying, there is no way in hell you can enforce that without being violent to those. And besides, in general, it is morally wrong to disarm your populace because guess what guys history is shown time and time again i know history majors are gonna hate me for saying that anyways but forget this i'm not gonna mince words every tyrannical government has disarmed their populace before they took power before they fully cemented it so basically in a sense a disarmed populace is one that's just waiting to be enslaved let that sink in that's a historical fact and that's scary considering the fact of the government's direction in the states, Canada, and anywhere else in the so-called free world. And it wouldn't be the first time the U.S. has tried to ban so-called assault weapons either. Actually, the Clinton administration brought in a gun ban or a ban on assault weapons in 1994, and that lasted through to 2004. And there was no significant decrease in mass shootings, homicides due to guns. Anything related to gun deaths, nothing really changed. So it's already been proven to be ineffective, and here's Biden in 2021 trying to bring the assault weapons ban back in. And man's so out of his own mind, he doesn't even know what an assault weapon is. <laughs> the guy's 79 years old. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at him. He's about to pop a gasket. <laughs> or two. <laughs> well, I mean, look at him on the stairs of Air Force One. The wind took him out three times. Well, I know when you were 15, your balls dropped. His balls are like... Sky high. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're going right back up, <laughs> go up there. Back through the tubes you go, buddies. <laughs>
But um, it's got fallopians in the, there. The funny, <laughs> the, <laughs> but the funny thing I'll just say about it: assault weapon. The term assault weapon is a very conflated term, and it's based just purely on aesthetics. So I was like, "Well, what do you define?" It's like you could have something like, "What is it? A customized SKS Ruger Mini 14, scary black gun." Exactly. Ah, they're they're, they're racist. They hate black rifles. How racist of them! <laughs> You know, I black guns matter. Exactly. <laughs> black, black rifles matter. Hold on, black band aids matter. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, the band aids. We could have a whole other podcast. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it's it's conflated because it's not in a real term. They just use that to make it sound scary and to try and get the sheeple or the people who are easily driven by emotional things to try and support their cause. <laughs> <laughs> the point, yeah, you the know only that we're trying to get across is guns are uh, a means by which we can have self-defense. We can use to hunt, to provide sporting. for ourselves, sporting, yep. hitting targets, all that good stuff, that fun stuff. But the leftists see it as a means to kill people. Yeah, and that's the only purpose they see it for. And then you have to think about the Second Amendment, too, which has been the U.S. Constitution since the very beginning. It's number two on the list. And Second Amendment, right at the end, it says, it shall not be infringed. Exactly. So any ban on civilians owning weapons is... It's, it's, it's an infringement against the Constitution. And what's the point of the Constitution? To protect your God-given rights. Exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. The whole all... point is to protect the government from becoming tyrannical over the people. Exactly. And there's also a big yeah. historical context. Yeah, that. actually, the people that fail to recognize the context is there were a lot of repeating firearms made at the time this legislation was being drafted. So the Founding Fathers weren't idiots. They saw innovation and they wanted to protect that innovation so the civilian could enjoy the same privileges of self-protection as the military could and against the common thug who, no matter what you do, no matter what rehab and apple juice and campfires you put him around, is not going to change his mind and will do evil because he wants to. So we should should be focused more on uh, the mentally unstable people. And their health and their, you know, rehab, as opposed to saying, oh, let's ban all firearms because they're all yeah. bad. Well, it's, it's just a band aid solution. Exactly. But also, at the same solution. time, too, the people pushing this legislation, <laughs> <laughs> the people pushing this legislation, a lot of the times they are, what are they, celebrities, people with money in positions of power? Mm-hmm. These people can afford armed security if they want. So if they really wanted to abide and be not hypocrites, abide by their words they would give up their armed security they would give up the it's like except for Meghan Markle (laughs) (laughs) well she made Harry sell his guns anyways or Uh, some of his disclaimer when you leave the royal family you do not get the British taxpayer funded protection plus you also left the UK so sorry you do not get access to that all you get is Biden with his balls up his tubes. <laughs> but regardless, they're, they're hypocrites. They're people that can afford armed security. The average Joe can't. So if they really wanted to, they would abandon their armed security. You know? And 50 Cent should get rid of his vest. I don't know if he's anti-gun or not. But yeah, either way. You know? And yes, the Second Amendment does actually protect... You know, yeah, any Americans listening, the Second Amendment protects your right to own body armor. So anyway, what do y'all think of little Nas X's Satan shoes? <laughs> I mean, they're very innovative. Who would have thought to put a drop of human blood in a, in the sole of a shoe? And he's make only s- six, six, six of them. Wow, yeah, he's they're got all a six with, mod- with uh, number the order in which they are produced. Mm. Wow, so he gave they up on being a he gave up on being a cowboy, a gay cowboy. <laughs> he, became he became a shade rapper. Decided <laughs> to sell his soul to the devil. Well, that's, uh, you know, it creates a lot of yeah, tension between him and uh, Nike. <laughs> yeah. Oh! Dicks on dicks, devil on kicks. Oh! <laughs> it's a good thing he's. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Nike is pissed off because Lil Nas X put a Nike swoosh on these shoes, even though they have nothing to do with Nike. They're a totally different shoe company. So now Nike's launched a lawsuit against Lil Nas X. Yeah, I hope they bankrupt his ass. I hope so. Bankrupt his What a dickhead. <laughs> Small dickhead. Small dickhead. Gay dickhead. Small dick gay head. So it looks like a Nike shoe, and everyone's like, oh, Nike's supporting Satanism. Nike's supporting, Nike's supporting the devil. I mean, well, they already support child labor, so what's anyway? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just besides It's just one small step to Satan worship from there. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear about the, the Nike it? factories? You've heard about the sweatshops and about the <laughs> Nike factories? Little children sewing your shoes. And the blood so, is probably from them. Just to give <laughs> boys, Nike's, Nike is a good Christian company. <laughs> yeah, same with yeah, Domino's. Support, support yeah. Domino's. Support yeah. Domino's. Support Nike. Pizza place if you have it. Well, so, do? yeah. And don't, and don't, don't use coupons. Don't use coupons. Support from the wallet yes. <laughs> of your mother. Unless you have coupons. Or father. <laughs> Anybody or, who will give you money. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about your husband? Become a pen handler. What about your wife's <laughs> boyfriend? <laughs> so, our audience wants to know a little bit more about us. They're saying, why don't you guys play True Truths and a Lie? Two truths and a lie. <laughs> you can tell it's near the end of the night, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. I like that. Where yeah. did you come up with that? It's an audience question. Oh, I guess I wasn't watching for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy drinking. <laughs> okay, who wants to start? Why don't you start, Dave? Sure, I'll start. Um, let's see. I have nine siblings. I... Drive a car with a V8 Tri-Turbo. And I really like pineapple on my pizza. Ooh. I'm guessing three lies. <laughs> so yeah. I'll, br- I'll break it down for you. I actually do have nine siblings because two of them are dead because mm. they were miscarried. True. Yeah. So technically I have nine siblings. Yeah. I hate pineapple on my pizza, so that's the lie. What was the other one? You drive a car. The car's right. Oh, shit. So I don't. Four cylinder, not aspect. Sorry, I did two lies and one truth. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I've been drinking too much. (laughs) Good enough. Okay. Now the audience knows you drive a gay car. It's a car. <laughs> <laughs> that it's is black, a, so... That, actually, no, it's purple. You know what? That is very offensive, Carter. I think you should issue an apology on behalf of all the gays in the universe. Shut up. I apologize for the fact that if you're offended, you're a little bitch. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity making light of this whole situation. I'm going to take this opportunity to... Hey, the rainbow's outside when the sun shines. Get out there. You know, I'm going to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely no one. <laughs> Might find that pot of gold, too. So, Peter, why don't you hit us with two truths and one lie? Okay, two truths. I'm going to start with, the t- start with my two truths. Uh, okay, so I got... I drive a 2018 uh, Kia Optima. Um, I'm type 2 diabetic. And I love drinking alcohol. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, we've been discussing about a lot about shooting yourself a lot today, so. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Aren't you a type one diabetic? Yeah, you got me. So I think he had two lies there, cause he, cause I'm not sure. I guess we're playing two lies and one truth now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two lies. And there's a truth. car theme going on. Yeah. So. Is it wait? Is it three lies? Three lies. Damn. <laughs> so he did three lies. You had lies. a school there. Just Bro, drive. Just ruined the 2017 game. Kia. Wow. <laughs> 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 That's an elaborate lie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You had us fooled there. Oh, man. This game is crumbling. <laughs> no, that's okay, guys. Um, maybe I'll try and wrap it up, okay? Yeah, you you, you, you got this, mate. Maybe see if okay. you can actually play the game. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, actually gives us two truths and okay, one lie. Okay, two truths and one lie. Okay. Okay. I drive an 08 Ford Escape. I have some Mongolian blood in me, and I am a martial arts fanatic. Your lie is your car. Your lie is the Mongolian blood. No, it's the Mongolian blood. It's the Mongolian blood. Ah, we fooled (laughs) you. Wait, Japanese blood. 
Yeah. 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 Japanese, yeah. Japanese yeah. is the same thing as Mongolian. I, I kind of get similar. You know what? We're probably more. related to some Mongolian. Who's that famous You're actually Mongolian? You're actually a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. But the no. thing is, I don't think historically Mongolians ever landed successfully on Japan. So. Or maybe one of his 20,000 wives yeah. did. <laughs> By accident? Yeah, one of the ones that washed ashore in Korea and all that stuff. I don't know. Or maybe one of his concubines washed up shore after the failed Mongolian. Okay, Luke, hit us. Okay. Not literally, but... So. <laughs> okay, who do I want to hit first? Let me get my knuckles cracked here. Uh, let me get the second one. Darn it. Okay. Yeah, well, the really first one was good enough. first one was good enough. Anyway, so I study three Slavic languages. I lived and studied in Russia for two months. And I, at one point, drove a Mazda. Wait, you've never driven a Mazda? What? You, you study two Slavic languages. That's the car one. No, it's the, driven, he's dude, definitely dude. driven his car. I thought you would have driven my car. I'm pretty sure you've driven my car. Three lies so. or truths? Three truths, I think. Well, I guess in that case, it, must... it would have been three truths. No, I, I, I have to modify that. I've never owned a Mazda. Okay, don't ever. <laughs> I mean, I've, ne- I've owned a Mazda. Do not ever request this game again, because clearly we're too intoxicated <laughs> to actually play I'm the one that actually I've got good ones. You won't be able to guess mine. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go. Yeah, Let's go, Carter. Carter. Okay. First. Last but not least. Never have I ever been to Kentucky. <laughs> never have I ever been to Ohio. Never have I ever been to Michigan. I've been to all of them. Really? Yeah. It's not about you. <laughs> I know. You Go piece ahead. of bacon. <laughs> I've never been called a piece of bacon. Carter, is that three truths well, because you've never been there Jeff. at all? No, I've been, to, I've been to two of those places. <laughs> no, he's been okay, to Ohio. Okay, now he's been to Ohio. Yeah. It's Mississippi and Kentucky. No, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan. Which oh. one have I not been to? You haven't been to... Michigan. No, Wait, it's Kentucky. So Carter, Kentucky. You've never been know. to Kentucky. No, it's Michigan. Is it? I don't know. Yes, it is. I've never Michigan's been to Michigan. Michigan's the furthest away. No, yeah, I yes. have been to Kentucky. You went to Kentucky? You didn't, did you have oh. bourbon there? No, because when you, you land in Ohio, you have to drive through Kentucky to get to the rest of the state. <laughs> nope, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Kentucky for like three minutes. <laughs> you were in Kentucky for three minutes and you didn't even pick up a bottle of bourbon? You, I screwed up. Yeah, you screwed up. You a Waffle House at least? No. Come on, it's the best. I place literally in the drove it through there for two minutes. Louis- Louisville, Kentucky, and there's another place in Kentucky that I've been as well. Waffle House. Oh, nice. you have more waffles. What are you doing in the house of Kentucky? I've been to 32 states. Damn, that's Shit. impressive. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so thank you for joining us with this uh, games night. Actually, it was definitely not a games night. It was a fucking games <laughs> we had night. Anywhere between one truth to three truths. <laughs> Right, I mean, I played the game proper. That's all I can. I, I messed up. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. next time, request something that requires less intellectual abilities. <laughs> intellectual. Because this is how we react when we have to think on the spot. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty bad at it. In case you didn't notice. <laughs> uh. Anyway, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us, and thanks, Peter, for being our special guest. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks, thanks, guys. Anytime. And we will see you next time. Signing off from Clive.